Welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. My name is Greg Davis, former NCAA Division I athlete, and the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guest today is former professional and collegiate soccer player Jimmy Nealis. Jimmy played his collegiate years at Georgetown University, starting every game his senior season, leading an outstanding defense to the NCAA College Cup Final. After being drafted in the second round of the MLS Super Draft by the Houston Dynamo, Jimmy signed with NASL club New York Cosmos. Prior to college, Jimmy starred at Massapequa High School, earning New York State Player of the Year honors his senior season and finishing his high school career with 33 goals and 34 assists. After graduating with his master's degree in sports industry management from Georgetown, Jimmy found his way into sales, now serving as a national account executive at a top advertising corporation. Jimmy, welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's great to hear. Uh, great to hear from you. I know it's been a while since we connected formally in kind of a setting like this. One fun fact that you left out uh, is I did play against Messi. That's not on my, uh, that's not on my Wikipedia. Um, I found out through my coworkers that I actually have one. Um, but yeah, right when I decided to kind of hang up the boots, I went back to Georgetown and uh, Argentina came and got to train against them so like what? that's my fun that's, fact yeah oh that's amazing <laughs> that's amazing and like it's the perfect timing that you mentioned that you know um i mean you know this this recording we're, we're doing this on on december 13th messi just had a killer game in the uh, semifinals against croatia so <laughs> perfect timing I, I, uh, I strategically snuck that in there for a reason <laughs> I was like, after his best game in an Argentina shirt, he's like, yeah, you forgot to mention this. Yeah, <laughs> and there's no way you didn't know you had a Wikipedia page. I feel like everyone Googles themselves. So they have to. <laughs> At a certain point in my career, I might have. I might have. <laughs> I even edited myself. I love it. Love it. And yeah, uh, you know, J uh, Jimmy and I know each other. I think just, you know, just kind of growing up in New York soccer. Um, Jimmy was a Long Island guy. I was a Queens guy. He was a year older, right? So in 91. Um, so never really played against each other, I would say, you know, too much. But, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of in the same circles, know the same people. You know, you know what kind of drives the memory back is you play for Auburndale, right? Yeah. So when I, whenever I did like a guest tournament for those Massapequa Aces, I know you hate that team, or like if you still do, <laughs> but I, I do remember playing against you all the time as a kid and being like, all right, Auburndale has, has this one player, we got to line him up. Okay, and, okay. Uh, Wait, I, so I do. Were, you, were you a player on, on, on the Aces? No, I played for, don't laugh for the name, I played for the Terminators. Which okay. is, uh, okay. they, were, they, were, they were the year up, they were the 90s. Okay. Um, so like the Aces, I, I just had that weird birthday where I was able to play down or play up. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they usually ask me to go into tournaments to play with them. And I okay. remember all the time it was like Auburn Dale, Mass Speaker, Auburn Dale. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, back in the day, yeah. <laughs> Auburn Dale, uh, which we were like the heat back in the day, and Massapequa Aces, that was that was a fierce rivalry. I still remember like this one time. It, it I mean, it like it bled out into the parking lot. Parents got, we were holding other parents back. Like this was, you know, this was intense, probably 12, 12 13 years old. Um, but this was a, this was intense. <laughs> I would love to rewind the tape for those days. <laughs> and, um, you know, one thing that, that kind of surprised me in your bio, cause, uh, you know, when, what I know of you is that you were always, so Jimmy, Jimmy's a, Jimmy's a lefty, right? I'm getting that right. I, right. You right. always played left back. Like I, I felt like that was like your, your prime position. Right. And, and you were great, like great left back, like lefty, like flying up and down the wing. Um, and you played at Georgetown. I played at Providence. So I know we played each other uh, at those times as well. But I was looking up when I was doing your, you know, your intro. I saw thirty-three goals and thirty-four assists, and I was like, "That's kind of a lot." Like, for 
you know, he's... Uh, Might want to fact check it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's I, I, maybe 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 that was on the Wikipedia that that you edited yourself. But I was like, I don't know. I mean, did you play defense too at Massapequa High? Well, Massapequa High was kind of just a rotation of right. everywhere on the field. Uh, okay, I think that might have been like my senior year when I kind of fell more into like a, a D mid attacking mid role. Okay, and just kind of took over, and then you know the PK guy. You know, okay, I mean, gotcha. Okay, you know, okay, that makes sense. I mean, to, <laughs> to be fair, it says over your high school career. So, um, you know, uh, I guess. Uh, okay, so that, that sounds right. Though. I didn't edit that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, no. Not in a year. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay. yeah, no, over your high school career. But even so, I was like, you know, 33 goals, 34 assists. That's a lot for a, uh, you know, a, a defender. Yeah. But I think in high school, we were all just like playing wherever we wanted. So, <laughs> yeah, those, those might have been my most fun days in terms of playing. That's nice. like rolling it out with the friends and, you know, competing for Lion championship, always lost to Brentwood. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, Drew, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He will never live that down to me. Just like Brentwood, <laughs> Brentwood, Mespicos, just always just a little bit of gap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Andrew John Baptiste, I actually had him on, on an episode as well. And, and he actually pointed out that, that specifically you on that podcast and, and Georgetown, because he was like, man, I still remember. He's like, when I lost to teams in the Big East with players that I knew growing up from like Long Island, he was like, that's, that still sits with me. And I think he mentioned that, that, that you guys got the best of, of UConn, I, I think at one point. Yeah. Hey, we, won, <laughs> we won the Big East by beating them. So oh, I'll, that was I'll, the Big East final. <laughs> I'll leave it, I'll leave it there. So it doesn't hurt them too hard. If <laughs> <listening>. <laughs> Listen, and, um, you know, you obviously went to Georgetown and, and, uh, I have like one, I don't know why, but I have this, I have one player that I went to Providence with. And every time I bring up Georgetown, he's like, man, hate those guys. Like, you know, and it was like, I was like, why? Like that was never really like a fierce rivalry for us. Like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like maybe UConn was a little bit more like, like Providence's rival, but he was just like, man, just, I don't know. I just hate them. Like I just hate Georgetown. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me get a name. Who was it? <laughs> Was it Mark? Was it? I think. Uh, what's that? Was it Mark? Was no, it? No, 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 no. Was it Mark? <laughs> no, no. I'll keep that on the low. But uh, I was like, you know, I never really, I never really felt any type of way towards Georgetown. I thought we always had some some good battles. Like, I mean, I remember, I remember for the most part, what I remember especially about Georgetown was was like your field. Um, I just remember you had that like real just open. I felt like it was kind of dry, like grass field. Like, yeah. If you, if you, <laughs> I mean, not to not to like talk bad about the Georgetown field, but I was always like, nah, this, this grass is not like. So when you mentioned that Messi and Argentina came to practice at Georgetown, I'm not gonna lie, I was like, wait, on that field. <laughs> so this is this is where it's it interesting. It's like we made the national final, yeah. um, we left, and they got this funding, and they redid the whole field. They Today? redid the draining. Okay. They redid the draining, the stadium seating, the signage, everything. So like. It's now beautiful grass. Like, okay. Naturally, naturally, later in the year, it, it kind of gets worn down, and right. like that's when we usually play you guys. You know, later <laughs> in the fall, you know, so it's brown, it's a little bumpy. But like, if you if you were to play uh, in August in our like opening tournament, it's like straight carpet. Okay. Right? Okay. Gotcha. So gotcha. like, no, that's good to know. That's good to know. <laughs> Especially you know so in, in in like and and you guys you know when when I went to when I was at Providence like 2010 2012 like you you guys were good but I think in recent years you guys have like become a top yeah. team like yearly so then I was like man they got to redo that field for this guy these guys <laughs> honestly honestly just to talk soccer for a second our team had a really rough sophomore year junior year was okay but we, we did an abroad trip to Barcelona 
Mm. And we did a bunch of tours. Our coaching staff met like youth staff over there. We went and saw Barcelona play twice. One was a Champions League game. And like our staff had this like just hoorah moment of like, what are we doing? Like, we need to instill this philosophy that like they have here and their youth players and like instill it here at Georgetown. And that's kind of where the philosophy of how you see them play today and how like coach Weiss and his staff now has that it's like ingrained in the program now and why they're a top 10 program every year because of the style of the play, the players they recruit. And it's just like the buy-in into the system. That's so right? interesting that you and say like, that because I went, I went up to, to Providence to, to see a game maybe about like two years ago. Sometimes I go up there, you know, if I'm in the area and I was talking to, you know, a friend of the Providence coach and he was like, he's like, dude, Georgetown is a professional team, like the way that they just knocked the ball. So I was just because and, and you guys, I, that wasn't necessarily I didn't feel like that was like Georgetown's identity when I played against them. So I was so convinced that Georgetown got a new coach. So I went on the website and I looked up the coach and I was like, no, this is the same guy. So I was like, so how did it change? And just, you know, because a lot of times you don't see that change unless it's like a totally new coach where it's just a total change right. in system. 100%. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> so that makes total sense. And, and we had a true core group of guys that believed in the system, mm-hmm. but also for the first time in Georgetown's history, had guys that actually wanted to go on and like play pro, mm-hmm. right? Like that yeah. prior to that, it was more of like, this is a great school. I'm going to get a great degree. I'm going right. to play my ass off, but then I'm going to go on to finance. I'm going to go off into marketing. I'm going to go off into like a new career, right? It, it wasn't necessarily like the main driver of going to Georgetown where it's like, now you go there to go pro. It's right. so interesting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think the one of the only players I remember going pro from Georgetown, at least when I was uh, was there, I believe his name was Ian Christensen. Um, Ian's one of my good friends. Yeah, his, yeah, yeah. I still remember he was like a number 10 in the midfield. Um, but he was one of the only few that I remember going pro, obviously besides you. Um, but but so, that, that, that. Let me, uh, <laughs> fun fact, the starting 11 that played against Maryland and Indiana in our college cup final, all 11 of those players went on to play pro. Wow. That's amazing. So it's like, that's, that's amazing. a really cool fun fact. Not all like with these illustrious careers and stuff, a lot of transitioned out within the first couple of years. Um, but of, of that team, there's still like four guys still playing like Keegan Rosenberry in okay. Colorado. Tomas Gomez is on real Salt Lake the goalie. Um, yeah, there's, there's, you know, there's still a few guys and you know, they would all have great conversations to this as well because now yeah. like they're transitioning out. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. Well, well, Jimmy, that's always good to talk about, like you know, the the Big East as we knew it and different things like that. But um, but let's uh, you know, we can go ahead and kick it off. So why don't you just tell start off by telling me a little bit about um how you got into soccer and what initiated your love for the sport? Yeah, it was almost an accident. It was just like a participation sport for my parents to throw me in. My dad grew up a uh, football American football baseball, basketball, right? Um, and we were living in Valley Stream. And as far as I can remember, he kind of just rolled us out because it was a community thing, get involved. And who knew it was going to be like a rocket ship where I would just kind of take it, love it. And my actually first sport of choice was basketball. Okay. <laughs> like if I look at my sixth grade diary where I was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wrote NBA player. <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> it took me a little bit to realize maybe that's not that attainable coming like, from Long Island, you know, I didn't have maybe the skill set for that. Um, but then, you know, soccer for me, just like from the peewee level to, you know, doing Noga soccer camp, travel soccer, ODP, and then college, and then, pro, you know, it kind of yeah. just took off from there. 
Nice, nice. And that's so interesting that you say that. Um, well, listen, like the, the dream never dies. You know, it looks like you can ball. So um, you're pretty tall as well. So if basketball is still in your in your heart, man, go for it. <laughs> um. <laughs> but it's really interesting how you mentioned that that you kind of fell into it like 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 by accident as like almost like a, you know, I, I think you said like a. Uh, like uh, participating sport or, or that sort of thing where um, your parents just kind of threw you into it, um, weren't really into it because when I was, you know, digging up info about you, which I didn't even know, but, but you have, you know, it's there, you have three brothers, three younger brothers, if I'm, if I'm getting that correct. And, and right. two of those, I'm pretty sure all of you balled out and soccer wise and, and two of those brothers actually currently play for the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, that's correct. And, and actually all four of us play division one soccer. Nice. Um, so then I went on to play pro Then my next brother, Connor is actually on his way to becoming a teacher, which is another awesome career. I touched on that too. I had three years of teaching experience and then Sean and Dylan are currently now still in the Red Bulls. They just resigned for next year. Um, so mom's very happy because she doesn't have to go far. <laughs> yeah, no, that's no, honestly, I think that's, that's so cool. I mean, you have, you know, two brothers that are playing on the same team in the MLS. Like, I think that's just, that's just totally nuts. So, and, yeah. yeah, I feel like you, you know, obviously being the, 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 the oldest, you know, you, you sound like, I mean, you were the catalyst for that. So, uh, you know, they should be thanking you every day as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so I'm still vying for, you know, I'm telling Dennis that like, listen, the GM, like, Listen, I'm available on a free transfer anytime you want. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you a nice package. I'll just be, you know, senior men. I'll, I'll kick their two asses, and then you know, I'll move on. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what was that? You know, I'm sure that again, a household, and and I'm not sure how far apart you all are in in age range, but a household, four brothers, all playing soccer. If you could just take us through like some of those, you know, some of those childhood Man, sports memories, what that was it's, like. Uh, it was chaos. I don't know how God bless my mom for putting up with us for, you know, it's about a seven year gap difference okay. between, you know, seven, eight years. Uh, so it was always, there was always someone injured, always someone crying, always, always an activity competition going on. It was never just a low moment, whether it was a video game, backyard sport, you know, something as simple as tag, right? It's the, the worst game I remember playing was like telling Sean and Dylan to sit on that side of the room, try and get to that wall while we hold pillows and smack you down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that still sounds fun, and I'm like 30 years old. So, yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, we, we had some times. Yeah, nice, nice. And, um, you know, so what was. Now I'd be interested to hear just being that like you maybe you're you, it took a while for you to to even to choose soccer as your first your your first sport that you loved. Um, so what was your what was your dream? You know what did you ultimately want to accomplish? Looking back, um, you know when it comes to soccer, did you have like a certain goal or a dream that you wanted to accomplish with soccer? Yeah, look back at it. It's funny you ask because that goal really never hit me until like high school days, where I was like, what do I want to do with this? And like, I was having all the success, recruiting letters coming in. I want you to come to this school, this school. And like, that's when I was like, you know what? I want to like, I want to reach the pro level. I want to reach the national team level. Like that's insight. Let's go for it. And kind of that, that kind of kicked into gear in high school. And like, I made ODP, then I made the regional team. Then I had a national team camp. Right. And I was like, oh, this is attainable. Right. So it was in reach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you obviously, and then you went on to have, you know, a great career at, at, at Georgetown and then you have been played beyond as well. But was there, um, you know, was there a, like a moment where you were like, oh man, like I feel like I'm the highest 
point in my career right now where just I feel like I'm playing the best soccer of my life where you just really were like, yeah, this can really go far. Is there like a specific period of time when uh, when that was the case for you? Yeah, I would say that was college. Uh, probably my, my senior year when, you know, our team was top five in the country for the whole season and it's just like all of us were balling. It was like Georgetown was the talk of the times and like was just getting so much notoriety from like sports agents and like just people in the industry reaching out, coming to game. Like no one came to Georgetown games and all of a sudden we had like the seats filling up. It's like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's because everyone's here to see us play. Right. And that that's when it was like, all right, this is cool. Like, let's ride this wave. Let's keep going. And then made it all the way to the national final where it was like, not even a day later, we, we lost. I'm still crying over it. Hoosiers will never sit easy with me. But like the, the next day, like people are reaching out about like the pro career. It's like, do you want to go to Germany? Do you want to go to Finland? Do you want to go to Scandinavia? Like, or is MLS the route? Like, it was a really cool time and cool, cool thing to experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you were obviously, um, you were drafted, um, you know, in the MLS draft. And um, I'm curious about, like, what that, you know, just kind of what that transition process was like for you, you know, um, going pro after, you know, for you, it was, it was, it was, it really only kind of kicked in, in in high school in terms of those dreams. And then, especially in college, being that that was your highest point where you were like, you know, this is, you know, this is actually attainable. So what was that kind of transition like for you kind of going pro you learn very quickly that it's a job and there's other people playing for paychecks mm. right it's not just uh you mess around one day and then you go to class wake up you're with the boys again you're cracking beers whatever you know all right got a game let's prepare this weekend like day in day out people are coming for your throats some of the best teammates ever i've i've you know i've met um, but you know, day in, day out, it's a competition. You're fighting for a spot. You're fighting for bonuses, signing new contracts, playing spots, right? And not like Georgetown, we were just Americans, but now you have internationals on your team mm. where the culture is different. And for me, like these guys were just hungry, mm. right? And I would say the difference between maybe Americans, some not all, but like, and those international players is like that root of like, I'm coming for a job. I'm coming for a paycheck. This is what I want, right? Yeah, yeah. No, and and, and that was always, you know, and, and for me, it was it was always I always just dreamed of of getting to the next level. Like I always dreamed of 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 MLS, and and I always used to see who, who you know who got invited to the combine, right? Um, um, <laughs> I'm not time. sure. Was it called? It was called the combine. It, during my years, it was still called the MLS combine. Right, right, right. Such a silly event, but it was it was a fun experience. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So, to tell you to roll the ball out and hey, here's ten players you've never met before. Go play yeah. with them <laughs> and go play, go play this formation and have fun. Yeah, right, 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 right. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, and I was always just like curious, like who got invited to the combine and and mm -hmm. um, but then also like you know you kind of you realize like the international presence as well. And I was like you know thinking in my head, I was like. I like coming out of college, I mean, don't get me wrong, college is competitive. It's, you know, biggie soccer. You're playing against sometimes older guys if you're a freshman, sophomore. But I was like, man, I probably had no idea what I would really be in for, um, you know, but it was always just something that obviously I, I strive for. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, and it wasn't even the combine for me where it hit. It was actually my first like two weeks in preseason with Houston where it's like the level just went from here to here. Yeah. And it's like you either adjust or you're going to fall off. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you went on to, you know, you, you, um, you know, after you were drafted and, and, uh, drafted by Dynamo, you went on to, to play with, with the Cosmos as well. Um, what's their, you know, was there a specific 
period where you were like, oh man, like, you know, these 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 playing days are, are going to come to an end soon? Or was there like a sort of thought process where you, you started to click where you're like, yeah, this is, you know, this is good, but uh, this is, you know, I'm yeah. wondering, uh, what's happening afterwards? You know what I mean? Yeah, good question. So there, there's kind of two two parts there to answer where it's like, the first, I went through a pretty pretty bad injury where mm. um, it carried over from college. I never got surgery. I was like, I'll just let it scar in. Uh, but I basically had a tendon that popped over my bone. Mm. Um, had to go in surgery, fix it. So like, I was out for almost close, probably close to like ten months from like surgery to kicking a ball again. Right, hard rehab, kind of climbed back through it, and then signed with the Cosmos. And like, part of my rehab was actually playing with the Cosmos. It was like I just need a place to be. And, you know, Gio and his staff was, you know, kind enough to kind of just let me train. You know, I wasn't yeah. getting paid. I was just showing up, being a fill-in player, and then eventually earned a contract there. Um, but secondly, like, something my dad has always instilled in me was, like, what's next? Mm. It's like, you're not going to do this forever. Any day, just like the injury I had, like, this can be over. It's like, you have a Georgetown degree, which is awesome, but also what's next? Yeah. You know, and it's maybe a question I never answered fully um, to be like fully prepared for like a hard stop. What am I transitioning into? Yeah. So like for me, it's like why this podcast is so important is like instilling that into the minds of these players. And, you know, it's a dream to play like the Ronaldo's and the Messi's and play till you're 38, 39 years old. But in reality, like how many players do you know that actually accomplish that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you kind of mentioned uh, your dad bringing that that concept into what happens next. Right. And and like you said, you have a, a Georgetown degree, which um, which, listen, uh, I think having like still to this day, I mean, you know, Georgetown has such a such a good reputation academically. So having that on your degree, you're like, man, like you graduated from Georgetown, like, you know, other people would 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 love to have that. Right. So. Um, but what was that? You know, what was that kind of transition process like for you in terms of, you know, how did that kind of process play out itself after, you know, the playing days were done? Cause you mentioned you, you know, possibly didn't think about it maybe as much as you, as you should have. Yeah, it was super, it was super tough. You feel lost. You're like a lost dog. You know, you're mm. like, I don't know what direction to go. Uh, but you, you lean on your network and my advice to, to kind of players is don't be afraid to have these conversations, you know, what people are doing with their careers, where you want to go, even if it's into coaching, right? Like taking advantage of your off season so thinking ahead, um, I kind of asked my brothers that. I know they're very proactive in kind of what they want to do and thinking what's next. Um, but the moment hit me, I was like, when USL was still still growing, it was very young. I was in Tulsa. And I was like, what am I doing? It's like getting paid like $300 a week to listen to a guy who can't even like understand basic soccer concepts. And this is going to be the coach. Right. And like I got on the plane home and I was like, I got to figure something out. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. And it it kind of put me into kind of let's be an adult, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to live at home. I want to get out of my parents' place. I want to start like being financially independent, all this stuff. And it kind of like forced me to be proactive and like get into that next stage of my career. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. So you still point out that uh, Tulsa was the turning moment for you, good old Tulsa. So (laughs) that was that was the switch. I was like, I love this game. I could still play pickup in the city, kind of get my fix. Yeah. But I, I don't know if this is still the career for me. Yeah. You know, to kind of grind it out. And like, I have 
we both know the same people that have grinded this out and it's rewarded them. And it's like, I have the utmost respect for those players Absolutely. Right? because it's not easy. It's not like you're living that freedom lifestyle of signing that one contract, like the NBA and the NFL. It's like, you're kind of set up. Yeah. Like this is true grinding, grind out paycheck to paycheck. Sometimes you don't know where your housing is going to be. So it's like, Kudos to those guys for sticking that out because it's not easy mentally or physically. Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's a great point. Just that that overall grind. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a great point to point out. Um, and you know, you kind of you kind of mentioned something that that I wanted to touch on in terms of um, leaning into your network, right? And that was something that we were talking a little bit about offline in terms of just the network that we have of of just just throughout soccer, right? Our whole soccer careers in terms of um, the amount of people that we know doing different things, but what did that kind of like, like explain that a little bit in terms of how that helped you? And what did that mean for you when you say, you know, kind of leading into your network? How did you kind of go about and doing that? Yeah, I would, I would say almost every job I've had post playing career has come through a referral, a connection, somebody reaching out. You know, something that's always been important to me is just keep expanding that bubble that you have and let it grow larger. Keep growing that network. Right, because the first job I had was a teaching job where a former, do you know Mark Luxama? Yes, yes. Yeah, so he was he was a teacher and wow. reached out to me and was like, I think there's this great position opening up where you're a soccer coach and a teacher in these schools. And I'm like, sounds ideal. Like, I enjoy coaching, you know, enjoy working with kids. Let's give it a try. And I ended up being there for four, four and a half years, right, yeah. building out a soccer program there. You know, real grassroots. I was in Harlem. I was like, if you said I would spend four years in Harlem, I've been like, get out of here. Right. You know, and it's like, amazing time. Um, right. But beyond that, like, I was just always making sure, staying connected, you know, whether they're just people in the soccer network, they played soccer, I played against them, played against them in college, like, always made sure to go out of my way to have those conversations with people, nice. you know. Head coaches I played against in college, right? Still to this day, like Dave Mazur walked up to me, Jeff Mateo, you know, just a few names to drop, you know, Ray Reed at UConn, um, even Indiana coach when we lost to them. Like my dad has met him in an elevator before and asked how I'm doing. Um, <laughs> Notre Dame coach. Like you never know when these people are going to circle back into your life or when you're going to need a referral or a connection of someone, right? Yeah. And I would say the soccer world is so close and willing to help you out that like, if you do feel lost, you know, don't be afraid to reach out for that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so funny. And like, I, I had to pause for a second when you said Mark Luxama, that's just a name I haven't heard in so long. So it's so great. You know, big afro. Yeah. Big afro. <laughs> yeah. Play for, play for Met Oval growing up. So, um, yeah. So it's so, like you said, it's just, it's so, you don't know where that next connection is going to come from. And, and this is what I, you know, I, I kind of tell people, and I also just kind of keep this as a, as really just a, like a model for myself is, is, is just to not burn any bridges. Like you just, for me, it's like, you never know, you know, when that one person um, that has that one connection can possibly come up. Right. And, and when, it, you know, when I say don't burn any bridges, you know, it's obviously, you know, especially in the working world, if you're, you know, you're going to have certain jobs that you like, certain jobs you don't like, and, and you're going to have people that you work with. Right. But, um, and even just even just you know friendships and different things like that like don't burn any bridges in, in my in my eyes like anytime or anywhere yeah. just because you just never know like when you're 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 probably going to need that person honestly and and that person can can do can do bits for you yeah and to add to that 
point, you know, I, I truly believe in surrounding yourself with good people. Yeah. Right. So if you find someone that, you know, is truly a mentor to you, like cling on to them, cling on to their network, because again, you, you, you just never know. And some of the jobs that I got were just from, you know, calls out of the blue. Um, you know, I still work, do contracting work with MLS because I played with, played for Aleko at the Cosmos. He went on to work at the league office for a guy named Paul Grafer. They were looking for someone in the Long Island, New York area, and Aleko threw my name out. It's mm. like, you, you know, you just never know when an opportunity is going to present itself, you know, whether you want that opportunity or not. You know, I just, I said, always, always keep expanding. Always keep having those conversations, meeting new people, right? Because the soccer world is, is just so interesting, so fun, right? You, yeah. There's so many experiences to be had out there. Um, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think that's a great, just, there's just, just overall lessons, you know, things that you've learned and, and also I'm sure, um, piece of, it, of advice that you would give to, you know, either current and, and, or, um, or, or former, you know, professional or collegiate athletes. And, um, and really interesting coming from you as well, just being that you do have, you know, two younger brothers that are still, you know, heavily, heavily involved in, in time, in terms of the, probably the prime of their careers. Right. So it's, um, it's kind of interesting that you're on, you know, kind of this end of the spectrum and they're, you know, kind of on the other end where they're just, you know, still fully involved in that. You ever, they ever coming to you for any advice or anything like that? Or they're, they're, they're like, they don't want to hear from my, you. Uh, <laughs> my fiance rips into our family for this, that we're just like, just go with the flow. Just kinda, <laughs> the nearest brothers don't talk to each other. We, our, our way of communication is just like compete, like competing. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like we don't have it, but I mean, I would say it's here and there. Yeah. It's yeah, never, yeah. you know. I think it might, it's something that, that might come later. We're a little older, a little wiser, you know, but I think, uh, you know, sh shout out to them. I'm sure they're, they're, they're you know, um, again, just enjoying, enjoying their lives. Again, playing for the Red Bulls is an amazing, amazing accomplishment. So, um, you know, that being said, are you still involved in the game in any way? And, and if so, how? So playing wise, yes, I play for uh, a team. It used to be called the Cosmopolitan League, but now it's mm -hmm. like, Eastern Premier Soccer. I don't know. It's always changing. But for the Pan Cyprians, okay. um, yep. it's a quite competitive level. I mean, these guys take it super serious. You know, you show up. I mean, some of these guys are still trying to play pro. And, yeah. You know, so it's like I give my advice to those guys for, like, the playing side. But then also if guys are transitioning out on this team, they're for that advice as well. You know, right. so it's like the best of both worlds. I get my soccer fix and then, you know, still get to play, still get still – get, Maybe you don't admit this, but I still get boots from Sean and Dylan. You know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Refuse to pay for those. Yeah, yeah. $600 yeah. now. So. Yeah, right? Yeah. No, I was like, you must be getting, you must get some connection yeah. from from from, uh, from Evan. Not one, yeah. but two brothers on the Red Bulls. I'm like, you have yeah, to. And then I, I played down in the Bowery League before. Um, okay, nice. Yeah. That's, that's a good time. And then I'm still involved with the league, actually, doing, um, it's called the North PME program. It used to be, if, if, if you know Andre Akpan, he played for the Red Bulls, played for Colorado okay. a bit, but he heads up that program. So yeah. like, I get to go to the games and sit on the sidelines. It's like a way to stay involved, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jimmy, listen, uh, this is uh, this is absolutely great. And uh, again, uh, this is probably easily the, the longest conversation that we've had. And um, again, I'm just I'm glad we were able to, to you know, kind of start off with, uh, you know, the old school Big East days um, and and. Uh, Glad to hear the, the the changes and and get some clarity, right? Get some clarity on the uh, the Georgetown uh, success story. So, <laughs> um, oh, of course, man, it was. Well, uh, 
we'll, we'll have to do this again. You know, 30 yeah. minutes wasn't long enough. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, definitely. But listen, man, I really just, again, appreciate you just sharing your story and, and just sharing, um, you know, a little bit about yourself and, and especially your your transition to sports. And I think one thing that, that stood out was was the lessons that you provided, right? And just, just leading into that network, I think, was a, was a key common theme amongst this. So really just appreciate you, you taking the time out to, to share a lot of this and, and, and share some of your own story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. You know, I'd definitely pop in here anytime to share those stories, share that advice and you know, anyone that listens that kind of wants to leverage my network, you know, please, you know, reach out, connect on LinkedIn, find me, DM me. You know, I'm yeah, open. love it. Love it. Jimmy Nealis is an open door, man. Open door. Listen, I am, I am, I'm getting married, though. So, so I'm <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, I slid in his DMs to see if he was open to doing this show. But that's, uh, you know, that, that will stay between us. So, um, <laughs> but listen, Jimmy, uh, it's been real, man. And, uh, and we'll definitely chat soon. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me.